perfect for you. You are Jordi Gallo. Annie, this is a Hollywood film. I'm sure right now they are meeting with Javier Bardem or Gael Garcia to play Jordi. Oh, yeah. Javier is amazing. Hey. What's up? Oh, not much. Do you know what family actually means? I'm not sure. Neither do am I. We're gonna find out. We are in season two, episode nine of Sunset. Excellent. Boom. That's the title. What family actually means? I think it means lots of puppies, but I think I might be proven wrong here. Uh, you ready to rock? You ready to dive in? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to start with? Know me. Know me. All right, let's do it. Because she knows. What family actually means. Mm-hmm. She does have the nice distinction of naming the episode. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Well, Nomi actually gets through a lot in this episode. She does. It's because I, I thought this might be two separate episodes, but no. She goes to the uh, rehearsal dinner for the wedding mm-hmm. and to the actual wedding uh, in one episode. I know. I thought they were split as well. I was surprised. So, first... Mm. She goes to the rehearsal and she has to give a little speech uh, that her mother does not want her to give. Yeah. But that's why she has to do it, so. Yeah. Uh, she's told she could just have her one of her little headaches and just leave Bow and out, spare everyone yeah. the pleasure. Um, she gives this nice speech that toes the line mm. of uh, her fear of being self-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is interesting moment because it's like close to the line but not quite over it Mm -hmm. Uh, because it is a speech that a lot of it is about her but the point of the speech is that her sister cares about her so much and her sister is uh, the type well that's what what family actually means yeah her sister has redefined what family means for Naomi the family is well in this case real family but the people that uh, are always they have your back and all that, yeah. and that she she's there for her after her operation, and she uh, is ready to support her despite the fact that she was doubtful beforehand. Unlike other members of her family. Oh my so, god, her mom's the worst. Of course, you know it is a slightly unusual speech in that there is a little bit of a shading of other members of the family going on underneath. Yep. But I think fundamentally the point is that her sister is a wonderful person and you can see this in her sister's face where mm-hmm. she sort of has this look the whole time like I don't know where you're going with this I'm paying attention mm-hmm. but like I'm not sure what the point is yet but in the end she smiles and she's happy mm-hmm. and also I think that um, this is something that kind of has to be addressed anyway because her sister wanted her to give the speech Yeah. and her mom clearly didn't want her to mm-hmm. and yet and the sister knows that <laughs> Uh, Tegan, the sister. Yeah. But she wants her to do it anyway. So she is surely aware that uh, it might come up, especially since, as Nomi says, she uh, a lot get of these invited people. invited to family functions. Yeah. A lot of these people probably have never met her before or really know anything about her. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's logical to make that kind of part of the speech and then point out that she loves her sister because her sister wouldn't do that kind of thing basically yeah 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 i think you're right i know i've heard some people say like oh this is a really narcissistic speech like it's 
all about her, but she's supposed to be giving a toast about her sister. But I think it's her trying to address um, all the people in the room, be like, hi, this is who I am. Yeah. Uh, and she does talk about Tegan, but it's through the lens of her relationship with Tegan. And obviously that is going to be uh, slightly more one-sided than like mm-hmm. a traditional rehearsal dinner toast being like, my sister's the best because also like, our relationship has changed yeah. and how I define what family is has mm-hmm. changed because of Tegan. So, um, yeah. it's, it's okay if she is a little self-centered too, you know. Yeah. The speech still ends in the right place. Yes. Uh, I'm sh- there's certainly been much worse uh, speeches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is, this is still a speech where the fundamental point is that uh, the bride-to-be is super great, mm-hmm. you know. So, and then there's a great funny moment at the end where she gives a little joking threat to the uh, <laughs> fiancé, but... Um, but Wolf is yes, the one that Wolfgang says it. Yes, Wolfgang is the one who says it, so the guy looks a little, like, scared. Because, yeah. presumably, Wolfgang's delivery was I will find intense, you. It's a little know? bit of a Liam Neeson moment. <laughs> I will find you, and I will kill you. Yeah. Um, so, Noe does that, and, you know, uh, on the whole, it goes smoother than one would expect. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the wedding. They do. I think it's notable that uh, she and Bug and Omnita kind of scurry up to the wedding just in time out of, like, a secret truck yes yeah, a van i van. should say yeah um because clearly although they did this e-death thing they feel more safe now uh they do not want to attract attention you know yeah uh, you know they, they like went back to not living on bug's boat and everything mm-hmm. but they're not broadcasting themselves they're just living with the presumed comfort of knowing that no one should be able to actually like break into their place and take them away. Right. Which is essentially what happens here. Yeah. Because I've also seen this discussed, you know, wow, I'm amazed that Nomi thinks she can just go to the wedding and it'll be fine. Uh, and well, they probably thought no one would try to do anything because technically they can't. Yeah. Uh, and of course Mr. Bendix is there, Agent, Agent Bendix, Bendix. Shows up during the ceremony mm-hmm. and tries to arrest her. Yeah. Uh, because he didn't actually look and find out that she no longer exists in the system. Yeah. So um, he can't mm-hmm. arrest her, uh, as Amanita essentially discovers and shows It's <laughs> a great him. moment, yeah. Yeah, she's very excited. I think she's sort of checking, like, just to make sure this is going to work. Yeah. And then she, she gets up and tells him this yeah yeah but my favorite part of that is when she's like contact your congress people (laughs) and then woman stands up like ready for it she's like i'm a congresswoman (laughs) and it makes me happy every time because she's like playing to the right audience here it's it's interesting because it's like they they were um they had a lot of hubris to go to the wedding anyway i guess yeah but the reason they thought they could is fundamentally sound yeah they're not actually able to be thrown out because there's no proof they did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, although admittedly still a risky thing to do. But yeah. they got to go in the end. And the wedding is able to carry on. Yeah. And also Nomi's uh, dad gets to say, uh, you know, keep your hands off my daughter. Yeah. Which is a very nice moment for her. Yeah. Because she's never heard that before. Yeah, he's apparently. never called her his daughter before. Yeah. So that's a big, uh, yeah, good So, moment. you know, this is a bit of a roller coaster for Nomi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end... Uh, it works out all right. Yeah. I also really love, like, there's just fun little, like, beats throughout the entire wedding scene. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Nomi walking down the aisle, and then this dude that she's walking down with <laughs> yeah. is, like, literally the worst. And so Sun just, like, taps, and she's like, is he saying what I think he's saying? Like, can I, do you want me to hurt him? And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, you're talking to yourself. She's like, yeah, maybe just a little bit. And it's very sad. Like, there's a lot of really satisfying moments. Um, like, there's that. Uh, I'm very, very pleased with the fact that Bug has a James Bond, like, yes. suit. Yes. <laughs> it's from a stunt double. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, little moments like that where, like, she's got, like, everything kind of stacked against her. And yet she still is going to go. And it's clear that, like, people that her parents are associated with don't understand her. And it's just, like, a nice, I don't know, it's just, like, a nice touch for them. It's not like they're, oh, we're one big happy family mm-hmm. now, but it's, like, uh, this is the first time you've actually got to see them defend her, and that's really nice. They're a little a little closer after yeah. this roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, the net positive yes. of them being closer together. Yeah. And I, I really love the fact that, like, Tegan kind of is, like, the young son hero. She's just, like... No, me. I thought you said everything's gonna be okay. She's like, it's mm. okay, and like she's the world's greatest sister because her wedding got interrupted, and she's like, there's no way you're taking my sister from me, um, and so I think Tegan's awesome, sister mm. of the year award right there. Their um, dad is interesting too because we've never seen him before, right? Yeah. And uh, we don't really know what that relationship is like. Obviously, it's she tense. says, <laughs> you know, that he's never called her daughter, so we we can see the tension there. But you definitely get the impression that uh, he is not as intense about this stuff as her mother. Yeah. Um, because he kind of has this, and these interactions with her, like, like calm down, like this doesn't need Go to be to, yeah. a big deal. Yeah, you know, don't she, make she's a big like, scene. like we're gonna try. You know, when they think Naomi's gonna get arrested, we're we're gonna like have them move yeah. you, and then we'll try to sort it all out. Yeah, and like I think he's it trying it to keep it moving, but he he doesn't do it in a way that seems like it's directed at her no it's not like um he's mad at her he's just upset that like you know there's a big scene yeah and and it's not like he's not gonna help hurt his daughter it's not like he's not gonna help his daughter because he's a lawyer yeah and that comes to fruition uh when you know the the electronic warrants and everything with Nomi and the system is no longer there, and then he gets to have his proud, snooty lawyer mm-hmm. moment. He's like, I'm sure you've heard of this law <laughs> firm, of which I am a part of. And, um, yeah, so well, I think course, unlike Nomi's you know, mom... Yeah, her mother is like, her mom is look what you did. Green, like, you ruined everything, <laughs> and her dad is just like, can we please settle down? We will figure out this situation. Let's just get through yeah. the day. Um, um, and the... Uh, the keep your uh, hands off or whatever the exact words he says. Yeah, keep your hands off my daughter. Uh, I think it works well because uh, it's obviously impulsive um, in the moment and sort of has this impression of uh, they've never fully accepted her before Mm -hmm. but one of those things where uh, we're allowed to say these things to her, you know, but someone else is out here like trying to take her away so like now she's part of the family yeah it's kind of like yeah it's just like a family thing where it's like you can tease each other and be really also really nasty to each other but if somebody else tries and comes up to do that to you, you're like no 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 no, you don't get to mess with them now i don't know if her mom has really made that uh, transition don't think so but but... there's some positivity in that area to come Mm -hmm. so so this is pretty much i mean what nomi has been building to for this season yeah and uh Yes, a pretty big episode for her. Yeah, nice to know that the E-Death worked, because yes, yes. otherwise that would be really shitty. So I think uh, in regards to, like, 
Agent Bendix and uh, how successful he is in his mm. attempts. It's important to remember, try to figure out, I guess, because it's not explicitly said, that he is not, like, in on all the Sensate stuff or anything. Yeah. You know, if, if this was, like, literally BPO coming after her, you know, I don't think it would be so easy. I think it would be a little bit more effective and they would have gotten her already. Yeah. Like, clearly he's working for people probably that, you know, yeah, would he, do that. Yeah, but he doesn't have, like, a direct contact to BPO. Yeah. To him, and he's just, like, this hacker lady. Uh. Yeah. It's weird because I feel like he takes it really personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, he is an FBI agent, and it's not to say that, you know, all FBI agents are bad, just like how Will is a good cop. He's, like, good and at his job. But it's, like, the fact that Agent Bendix has, as evidenced by earlier in the season, he is going about um, ways to find Nomi. He's going about it illegally in some Yeah, parts. and he's trying to get her through Amanita. Yeah. And he's clearly supposed to be way too into the power that comes yeah, with the job. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's like a nice thing to be like, it would be one thing if there was this FBI agent trying to find Nomi and they were, you know, just trying to do their job. It's like extra satisfying that like yeah. this is not a nice guy and he's a little, clearly a little power hungry and clearly not, you know, dotting the I's, crossing his T's in his investigation to find her. Um, so that is kind of you know, let's compare him to Hot Detective, guys. Yes, that's like a good Hot detective. detective is like, hey, here's how everything looks on paper, but something doesn't add up. So I'm on your side. I'm just working through the law, hmm. and um, you know, the law isn't really helping you right now. Whereas Agent Bendix is like, I am not on your side. I'm working through the law, and I'm actually going against the law in order to try and get you. I um, think uh, Hot so Detective yeah. really has certain qualities to make him more. Uh, Qualified, yes, for this sort of work. Agreed, but yeah, it's it's pretty much the equivalent of being like you don't have somebody in your corner in law enforcement, and they're they're not doing their job. They're just trying to like get you. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, he is doing his job. He is trying to like hunt her down, but he's going about it completely the wrong way. So it is really satisfying when he kind of gets his comeuppance there. Yeah. In church. So yeah. Who else does anything this oh, episode? Gosh, uh, we've got Kala. That's true. She. <laughs> is just having a great time. Uh, she's with her family. They're discussing, like, families. I mean, obviously, family is a big theme yes. all throughout. But, you know, particularly in an episode that is entitled What Family Actually Means. Uh, they are baby shopping for one of her university friends. And she's kind of going off being like, oh, my God, like, this is her third kid. Like, why did it, it's such a waste that she went to university because, mm-hmm. like, she was top in her class and all this stuff. And what it boils down to is her, her mom's just like, you know, she's doing the most natural thing in the world, and she looks so happy whenever we see her. So, and Carl's just like, I'm not saying it's not natural. <laughs> I'm just also would like to point out that cancer is considered natural, too. A little bitter. Yeah, I think it's, uh, she's definitely projecting. She's upset that she her friend has kind of you know taken a more more domestic route than Mm -hmm. she has and that she has settled and started a family and that's what makes her happy whereas Kala is in a relationship with her husband and she's not um happy in her marriage because she's not feeling heard yeah, and, and she and is in, more in than the qualified. Yeah, and in the workplace, she is more than qualified to be doing the job that she's doing, mm-hmm. particularly with the promotion. It's clear she's passionate about her work, 
and that's not being reciprocated and worse it's reflecting poorly on her husband um and her you know opinion of her husband Mm -hmm. so uh she has a chat with her mom and her mom's like is everything okay she's just like rajan and i went into the marriage and we're discovering that we didn't know that much about each other and her mom basically says like it's gonna take some time like Mm -hmm. i had obviously not to the extreme problems that you had with Rajan, but you know, I was uncomfortable with my new situation um, when I was first married to mm-hmm. your father, and these things take time, and it'll work out. Um, this is a nice bit because we don't really see her mom. Yeah, it's usually very dad much. giving advice, yeah. so it is nice for her to chime in and kind of get the. And it makes sense because she's trying to get like the female perspective of being like, I was uncomfortable when I was first married to my husband. And this is how I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I was uncomfortable with him, which I think is the difference between her and Kala. It's just the fact that, like, I had to adjust and I didn't quite, you know, get, understand everything around me because they, they moved to yeah, a place. Yeah, feels, it feels right that her dad is, like, a, a city guy. Yeah. And that her mom was is not. not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think th- it's, like, a good piece of advice, but it stems from, like, an example where her mom wasn't having issues with her father. She was just having issues adjusting to mm-hmm. their new life. And that's not the case for Kala. She's having issues with Rajan um, on top of adjusting with her new life because, you know, she's discovered that her life is, uh, you know, they are fortunate because they're pretty much screwing over other people who are sick and need, you know, medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, she gets a visit from Ajay, Ajay yeah. who, like, charms his way up through security being like I'm dropping off a belated wedding present and he's just like really slimy and creepy and it's just it's a, it's kind of like awkward and tense between them it's not super tense but you're like something just is off about this dude yeah. and he, he's kind of he's not doing uh, he's not making any veiled threats or anything but you just know like this guy might not be awesome to be mm-hmm. in her life and Rajan's life he's just life. too pushy yeah He's like, please open the present. Well, you know, together. he says like, I, I could tell that you wanted me to give you a gift, and it's like, obviously, that's not true. Yeah. We, we know she doesn't really care. Yeah. So he clearly has some other motive that we don't understand. Exactly. Yeah. And like, since there's security and everything, you know, we know it's not like he bringing in the bomb or something. I mean, they even check it. Yeah. If you look like, like in later episodes. Yeah. And we we don't see what it is in this one. Yeah. But it's just like, what what could he be doing? Yeah. Why here? is he so desperate to get that up yeah. there to her? when Rajan's not there, you know? It's weird because she seems kind of... Every time she's interrupted their meeting, they've seemed friendly. But obviously, like, on his own, Rajan has looked more and more stressed. I mean, yeah. he's, you heard him raise his voice for the first time. and I think Rajan always has this vibe, like... Um, I don't know, like he's faking it, sort of. Yeah. Or, or, particularly, I mean, we're always seeing them say goodbye to each other but he's always sort of like oh it's been so great but like leave now I think it's also like he might also be in like defense mode whenever Kala comes in because like she does provide a good buffer for him but also she isn't informed about what has been going on at all so uh, since she's not informed there's it's very easy to manipulate her and so I think Rajan is trying to be like a little overprotective and instead he could just probably explain the situation to her and that Mm -hmm. might work better he will he will but a little too late so um i think that's pretty much it for kala yeah that's kala who we got next was 
Sun in it? Yeah, Sun uh, walks down the aisle with Nomi, and then before that, she has this new ID, and she's signing up to get into her brother's gala. She's prepping. Uh, yeah. She's she's in prep mode. We don't really see much of her, though. We will next episode. Yeah, and we don't really see much of Wolf, either. Because, I mean, he pops up for the rehearsal dinner speech. And he, um... He almost shoots Felix by accident, because... He's in hiding. He's in hiding. He's lying low. And my favorite thing is, uh, so Felix finds him back at the, the key shop, and he's just like, man, like, I'm not the only one looking for you. Everybody's kind of scouring the city. You know, cops, Sebastian, all this jazz... And uh, he's like, what's going on? How bad is it? He's like, it's not good. He's like, oh, shit, for you to say it's not good means things are going to start blowing <laughs> up. And I was like, this is accurate. <laughs> yep. Um, and so they both are kind of like Sun in prep mode, being like, maybe we should get out of here. Yeah. Plan to India? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So uh, that's it for Wolfgang. Yeah, that's Wolfgang. And then uh, who else we got? Arcafius. Arcafius. Oh, yeah. So... Coffeeus is mainly walking for like the first half <laughs> of this episode. He's seen, I mean, last episode too, he is starting to see his influence, face everywhere, yes. his influence, the campaign. Um, I mean, he, he comes home one they're night. They're selling Van Damme. Yeah, they're selling Van Damme comics, which yeah. I don't even know is a thing, but that's awesome. And he even says, like, what have you gotten me into? Kind of a thing. So, like, he is in the market and he's noticing that these guys are following him. And I'm very proud of him mm-hmm, because he mm-hmm. handles it himself. No need for son. No need for assistance. son's assistance. He he evades them as best he can. He does do it, and then he manages to you know knock one of them knock over. Knock one of them over and be like, "Why are you following me?" And we don't get to hear it, we but we find out. Yeah. Because yeah. he goes to um Silas Kabaka's Silas house, says hello to Amundi. Yeah. Uh, and then confronts Silas by. You know, why, um, you don't even hear him say this, do you? No, he says he's like, I'd like to know why you have yeah. men following me. He has men following him. Yeah. Um, apparently, because Silas thought he could protect him mm-hmm. uh, personally, even though Coffeeus already has uh, another... A security detail security for the detail. campaign managers, yeah. Um, he doesn't trust them enough, I guess. Silas yeah. Doesn't. Well, he, the way Silas Kabaka puts it is, like, he's not a politician, so um, he's like... It's not so, like, when you're a candidate, it's not so much about, like, security and keeping mm-hmm. you safe, to, and it's not about polls and numbers. It's about how big of a bounty you have on your head. And obviously, you know, Kabaka has that network and influence to figure out, like, oh, yeah, anybody who runs against Mandiba is going to have a bounty, and yours is really high. Mm-hmm. So I want to, like add extra protection and the reason I didn't tell you is because I figured you obviously would not want it Hmm. and Kafius makes a point of like you know I am one of the people like I am just a bus driver and I do want to make a difference and if I'm seen with packs of security Mm -hmm. I'm not going to look like one of the people he has some harsh truths I think for Kafius of just like that's very nice but (laughs) people are probably going to get at you if you um if they always know where you are and yeah. like you're driving your bus in a very predictable route, yeah, uh, you know you're not gonna be able to just keep your life the same and yeah. also do this now. Exactly, um, which is something I think he's coming to terms with, kind of like Will being a cop. It's like mm-hmm. you can't do certain things now that you have put yourself in this situation. And Cavius uh, is worried. Yeah, that, he he um, thinks he's like, can you be honest with me? Are you like? protecting me because you think my campaign against Mandiba will 
hurt Mandiba, which will in turn help you with your business activities. And he pretty much is like, you know, business is good, business is good, <laughs> but also like I do have an ulterior motive, and that is like I owe you a debt, Kafia, so I'm doing that. But on top of that, I am in love with your mother. I'm gonna marry and her, and I want to marry her. Or ask. Yeah, but I want to at least probably ask. Say yes. But yeah, she seems happy with him too. But it, it's funny because it's like Kafia, it's not all about you. Like I, think I really like your mom. The last we see of him in this one, he's he just given like a, oh, oh shit. what? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's funny because, like, again, it's about family. Like, he is trying to protect Kafias because Kafias mm-hmm. saved him and his family. But, like, he also wants to join Kafias' family. And he also thinks, like, Kafias uh, is a good guy. Like, he's really, like, Amundi loves Kafias. Mm-hmm. Like, that wouldn't, you know, aside from all the horrible illegal stuff and the machete chopping, <laughs> like... It makes sense that he's like, I want to be part of this family, and I want to protect it. Well, it seems, hopefully, that his machete chopping days are over. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't done anything violent, and I don't think he will do anything violent this season, from what I remember. And again, that is one of those things where, like, we just don't know because we didn't get another season. Yes, well, certainly as of the rest of it, it seems like he has changed. Yeah, you know, Uh, almost getting murdered and then going on a Van Damme bus ride. I don't know if he's still, you know, doing seedy business deals, yeah. but he doesn't seem to be... He's uh, putting his efforts into the right things. Yeah, well, he, we know he's, he's working for things that will help the community. Exactly. However, he may be doing this. Hard yes. to say. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, he's working towards security for Kafias. He's He wants to open, like, a health clinic in the area. Like, he is doing all the right things. We're not sure if that means, like you know what, what down the line we didn't know what the end goal was with him mm-hmm. so but yeah uh some big changes for coffeeus and i think uh, he hasn't fully accepted it so yeah and that's pretty much it for him that's coffeeus right so there who else we got there is leto yes Lido. pretty yeah. big uh, important stuff for leto yeah who is still sad yes he's <laughs> no longer in his sad onesie though so that's no. good and Hernando is being really sweet and bringing him breakfast in bed. And then Danny pops up and she's like, I've been reading all night. And I finally found the script. And He reads, I assume, 100 scripts. And yeah. she finds one good one, which sounds about right. Yep. That sounds super accurate. <laughs> and uh, she's like, this is perfect for you. I think this role is just fantastic. She lets him read it. He reads it. He's crying. He's like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> she's like, you're, you're just like, there's snot, Lito. Like, you're clearly moved by this. And he's like, yeah, but it's impossible. It's a Hollywood script. It's going to be produced by this guy. Um, there's no way. Like, I can't even get into the room with him without an agent. I don't have mm. an agent. He'll probably just get Javier Bardem. Exactly. Hernando's like, that'd be great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> way to be supportive, Hernando. But, you know, he loves art. So, you know, got to go with the right choice. But uh, Danny is, like, super agent to the rescue. I don't know why she is not an agent already, like, mm-hmm. officially. Because she is an actress, if we have, as we have pointed mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. beforehand. Um, and she just does works her 58-minute magic, which, honestly, probably not that realistic. But it is still really satisfying to watch. Because I'm like, I want Danny as my agent. Pretty effective scene because your initial thought is like, well, this is ridiculous. Obviously, this wouldn't work. Yeah. Or when she is calling the first person. Yeah. But then uh, whether or not you know one thinks it's still too much, it definitely takes a turn towards... Oh, like I get it now. Yeah. Because then she calls the um, the variety guy from variety, reporter, and yeah. that that makes it more clear that she's not just magic. She also like knows some of these people. Yeah, and she she has a like a good network. Yeah. Uh, she clearly knows how the industry works because she's bouncing 
she's playing people off of each other by, by using like media outlets and like rumors and then she's also using social media with like telling people like you need to go watch his speech in Sao Paulo yeah. so um, she has a really good mind for business and knows how to kind of navigate um, and so it's really it's despite how it might not seem the most realistic it almost feels like it because it's so entertaining to watch and be like oh that's really awesome she can kind of bounce these things off of people and get into the room it's also just a good scene because uh i mean she's calling like three different people and yeah. it's pretty complicated but uh it is very understandable yeah that fundamentally she's basically just getting the tabloid person to uh make it seem like everyone's interested in this guy mm -hmm. and then getting two different producers to think the other one both want him yes <laughs> which is you know a strategy that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. like it, whether it would work would depend on the people involved of yes. course but like it's pretty airtight as a theoretical idea at yeah. least it is also really fun because um we've never really got to see danny thrive in a work environment mm -hmm. before i mean she's only ever been kind of like in season one she was like the arm candy and then she uh initially obviously she was yeah. uh, picked him picked well, she's mainly Amanda. just like their personal Friend. support yeah. yeah and now it's like she kind of gets to have a little bit you know of a, a little mm -hmm. bit more of a starring role within that that storyline which is really fun to see her work also in regards to believability i mean lito is uh, supposed to be a big star yeah uh in mexico so, like, it's not that unlikely to think they might think, like, oh, yeah. we could get some of that audience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. not like he's just an aspiring actor. He is over in Hollywood, of course. Yeah. But, like, you know, he's got a big he fan a base. He's a big fan following. Yeah. He's established and all that jazz. So, yeah, I think it's, like, a really fun, giddy scene. And, I again, I really like Danny as a character. She's just always full of surprises, so it's always really fun to see her where she gets to kind of, like, dominate a scene. In her element. Yes, in her element, exactly. So, uh, lots of fun. Big fan. They're going to go off to, to Hollywood. Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. A lot going on in the next episode, mm -hmm. in fact. Yeah. So, um, I guess that leaves Will and Riley, right? Yeah, who are doing some pretty intense sensate yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So Riley's been at the police station with Diego. Been I there for episodes and episodes. I know. I was like, <laughs> I always get confused because like, he's in his like little red shirt with her in the last episode, and then like at one point he's like back in his officer's mm -hmm. uniform, and then when we're in this episode he's like back in his red shirt. So I'm like, what day is it? Did mm -hmm. he change? Like, really, he changed back and forth. Is there a times. mistake here? What's going on? There are no mistakes. No <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> um, but I guess the more important thing is they're still trying to track down the lady who met with Riley at the church. Yeah, we're trying to preserve the reality here. Yes. I could have mentioned in a previous episode mm. that Will has very different length facial hair in two different settings because yep. they clearly couldn't match it properly. Yep. But I'm trying to... There's only so much they can I'm do trying logistically to maintain the with illusion. the production. Yeah. So it's still very impressive that they have to shoot these scenes over and over again, you know? So we'll give them some slack, guys. Hair, hair seems tricky as far as does, continuity yeah. goes. Uh, but anyway, so Riley's at the police station with Diego. They are still looking through the missing persons reports, trying to see if, you know, the lady rings a bell. She does. We discover that her name is Carol Cumberland. Uh, she's a missing persons. They're able to track down her house address through the report. Um, when they arrive at the house, it's very obvious that no one has been there in a while, just based off of, like, 
Even the exterior, you can tell, like, things are overgrown. The mail has been shoved into the box. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, Riley gets, like, a memory flashback, and she's like, oh, shit, like, Angelica and Whispers have definitely been here before. And as they go in to explore the rest of the house, uh, which, again, very gross maggots, like, nobody has been there for a while now, um, they start to get flashes once they go down to the basement and they see the creepy-ass lab. They get flashbacks to... You know, the making of the VHS tape that Leto saw um, mm-hmm. with Professor Kolovi, Todd, and Whispers running the first few tests for the zombie assassin project thing with the neural graft. And then while that flashback is happening, they're also seeing another flashback with Angelica and Carol helping a now mm, lobotomized Raul mm-hmm. hide away. Um, so it, it's kind of, again, like two competing storylines of like, hey, this is how, you know, this project and these tests came to be. This has been a very busy house. This has <laughs> been a very busy house. A lot of bad memories here. Um, and Diego was really funny the whole time because he's like, well, it's probably trying to say that I'm scared right now, but I'm just trying to be a cop. Just trying to, you know, present the situation as is. Um, and, and so they, they, uh, they essentially are exploring it. They're trying to you know, kind of get a sense of what happened here. They go, Riley goes upstairs to the bathroom mm-hmm. and they find Carol dead in the tub. She has slit her wrists and has drowned herself. Yes. I'm not sure exactly when this happened because no. uh, I don't know how long it's been since Riley met, uh, with her. met with her. Yeah. And then there's this interesting bit where she sees Jonas in the, uh, Carol sees Jonas in the mirror, yeah. Apparently, before she, she does to this, her wrists, yeah. which is very ambiguous and suspicious, mm-hmm. and well, we're not sure because we have to, you know, rewatch the finale and everything here. Mm. But I'm pretty sure there's no exact explanation for this at any point. No, I don't think so. They just didn't get around to it. Yeah, it is so a storyline they have to drop. One of those consequences, you know. But I'm not sure. I can't even remember exactly how Jonas shakes out in the end. Uh, I know. But I think obviously you're supposed to think in this scene that maybe he told her to kill herself for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, why is he there? Right. And uh, maybe it was supposed to be for her own security or their security, or maybe yeah. it's because he's evil now. Yeah, we just <laughs> I don't, don't know. I don't know. Um, it's it's kind of hard to figure it out just because there's really no follow-up unfortunately yeah but um as far as that part it's a bit confusing as far as her just actually killing herself i think it's easy to understand in context because uh she seemed very scared and maybe she feels like she still felt like she was in danger like like now that she she actively went and talked to riley and them which is not something she does maybe she uh felt like they were gonna get her now basically yeah it's hard to say it's stressful um, yeah, so th- that happens. Freaks me out a little bit, going into creepy houses. Mm-hmm. I also, I think, um, for people who aren't sure about the timeline, us included, from when she, you know, met with Riley to when Riley finds her in the mm-hmm. bathtub, I think, um, you know, there is the potential of maybe she had abandoned her house long, long beforehand. Yeah. And then this has only been like a couple days, so... Um, she went back to the house to slit her wrists 
which I think is like um because I know some people have complained being like that that wouldn't be realistic to go to that house and have that house in that state if she had been missing for that long like her body like (laughs) basically like the house is in such a state of decay that if like she has been missing for that long and has been dead for that long her body should be in the same state of decay but she's not obviously she has to kill herself just then because we just saw her yes um and i think it makes sense that her house was abandoned because we know she was already on missing persons list yeah and she's been on the run so i think she she must have come back back to her house i think is a a better explanation it's not you know officially canon because like i said they don't really explain it because we didn't get another season for them to really flesh out that storyline with her. There, there are so many of these um, flashback scenes in season two. These mm-hmm. type where um, it's all very soundless a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and just sort of seeing stuff happen with vague glimpses of dialogue. Yeah. And pretty much, they can be very confusing, but they all are essentially explained at some point by um, learning more about the situations, like with our rule. Um, this is the only bit that really, like, is still hard to understand. Yes. So, you know, this is one of the only bits that isn't really clarified. Mm-hmm. So they, they do end up back at the police station, uh, Riley with Diego, yeah. and then Will is uh, eavesdropping on Whispers, kind of giving a progress report to Mr. Secretary, and Whispers wants a meeting with the chairman, and the guy's kind of being like, you know flaky about it and whispers mm. is like you should remind the chairman that like this project is all because of me this like zombie assassin project is made possible yeah. through viewers like me <laughs> um but will kind of pops in and he checks in with riley to be like hey we we need to like probably make some some moves some decisions how many blockers? i have a plan i have yeah. a plan for whispers how many blockers do you have left and i was like i only have four and he's like, shit, that's not enough. She's like, Kala might said that she might be able to start making them herself. Yeah. Um. So they're they're kind of on the cusp of coming up with like the next step in the plan to get after Whispers mm-hmm. when the world completely shatters. In regards to um, I w- will talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Jonas, I was just gonna say. Yeah. Although I shamefully cannot remember exactly what happens to him in the finale, I think that the reason this is confusing still is simply because at the end of season two he is definitely positioned as like villain jonas yes at this point in time at least you know in his story like he is he's captured by them at the end yeah uh, it's clearly set up for like them to be more oppositional to each other and then of course in the finale they have to run through the entirety of whatever his arc was supposed to be yeah so like it's not exactly representative of what he was supposed to be doing exactly at this point in the story. Right. Uh, which is probably why it's confusing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, of course, the episode does throw you off at the end. Oh, God, it's horrible. It's like, I like these moments where you have all these intersecting stories, and then there will just be something that stops the story in its tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And that something is uh, Joey Pants, guys. It's really He's sad. back. He's back. To die. For the last time. Yes. Um, well, Will and Riley are at the station... Um, Diego gets a call and is like, oh shit, it's Will's dad. So they go to the hospital and visit him and it's very devastating. Um, you know, he, he essentially has like a really nasty infection because he slipped and fell. They don't know like how long he was on the floor, all that jazz. The important thing is you get a lot of really sweet, sad flashbacks between him and Will because all he wants to do is see his son. 
and Riley's the only one there, and Will's kind of losing it, and uh, they do get to a point where, like, he can see Will through Riley. Yeah. Well, it's really uncomfortable and sad at first because, you know, you see Will is there, yeah. and he's just like, like who, who, are who you? is this woman? I don't woman? know who this yeah. person is. Yeah, because obviously Joey Pants is clearly seeing Riley because but she's there. happily they do not force us to leave with only that, and yeah. they do let us have um, him seeing Will in some sort of way. Yeah. And yeah. It's very sad. And it's frustrating. <laughs> because it's like, you know, for as connected as you are as a sensei to one another, because of the situation with BPO and how precarious it is, it's like, obviously being a sensei and learning your sensei already impacts your life. But um, because of BPO, you really are not in a literally not in the place you're supposed to yeah, be yeah. for like for something like that to like say goodbye and that's yeah that's all he gets like he he does get to see him yeah but like that's the guilt he was feeling the entirety of like the christmas special yeah uh, it's like tenfold now yeah and he doesn't get to resolve it it's exactly what he was scared of mm-hmm. essentially which is pretty surprising honestly coming from this show yeah talked about how they don't really kill people mm-hmm. and the fact that there have been so many close calls makes this pretty shocking I think mm-hmm. because the instant they say he's dying you sort of know oh like he definitely is going to die yeah uh, you can just tell yeah but you just feel like oh no he'll he'll like will will find a way he'll make it back in time it's like no yeah well and, like all these all these close calls for other characters yeah. have come from like sudden things happening to them and right so of course the one that actually sticks is the one that's been obviously foreshadowed for quite a while yeah uh, the one yeah the one person who has not been in good health the entire yeah. series run is obviously when they say he's dying you believe it so does you know because the timing of the series cancellation unfortunately mean the joey pants is pretty much the only character who doesn't get to live and be happy in the finale i know <laughs> oh my god why'd you bring that up it's so sad <laughs> i didn't even think of that uh, uh, I'm sure uh, there would have been more deaths if the whole thing had played this out. This is true. I wholeheartedly believe uh, that as well. But, um, yeah, it's pretty sad. It's pretty devastating. And it's just, like, if you think of it played out just off of, like, you know, we have always say, like, imagine the other people in the room and what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're seeing, like... Joey Pants surrounded by a bunch of cops and loved ones and him talking to this random Icelandic girl and, apparently thinks, and thinking that yeah. she's Will. And so that's kind of heartbreaking from that perspective. And then obviously from like the Sensei perspective, it's also equally heartbreaking because mm-hmm. it's like, Will's there, but he's not. Like Yeah. And we've also, in this season, like five episodes ago, you know, had this bit where the episode suddenly ends with like, oh, Jonas is dead. And everyone's yeah. like sad. And then he came back like one episode yeah. ago and, and then so it's this like, one you're like no, oh, I don't think that's gonna happen guys again yeah yeah of course he then pops back up next episode and says it was just fake me dying and yeah then the chairman showed up yeah <laughs> um <sighs> yeah and that's how that's how that, that episode ends on a real downer but um I think we got everybody yeah so uh, who who are you gonna MVP. Yeah, who you gonna MVP for it? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I'll probably give it to Nomi. You know. All right. All she right. she got a, a pretty 
it's nice because she got a storyline that wasn't directly involved with like Will and Riley and hacking with BPO. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's still some hacking elements of the story because they got the E death and it actually worked. But it is really nice to see her because it just kind of further fleshes out her backstory of like, yeah, these are this is the world she used to live in, and clearly these people don't um, understand her choices or treat her very well. And yeah, she is a little self-centered, but I mean, she's been able to Mm. find at least one support system within her family. And it's so obvious why she feels so close to people outside of her family who have, you know, she got to choose as her family. Um, And, you know, Nomi's good at giving speeches. And I think it's really, really funny. There's some, like, really sweet moments uh, after Agent Bendix doesn't have his warrant. Mm -hmm. Amanita's also really funny. So I'm going to give it to Nomi. I think this episode is very heavily focused on a few of them. Yeah. Uh, there really is not a lot of material. I mean, how long has it been since there was one where there were two sensates that basically barely appeared? Sunny it's been a while. And Wolfgang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I almost feel like it ha- has to be Nomi. Yeah. Because the only other person I could think of would be... Like Riley, just for investigating, and but, maybe you know, Lido. But he's already Lido's been doing more. That. It's more about Danny, really, yeah, yeah. for Lido. And she Danny, gets more screen time. Danny should clearly get the sidekick award, so I'm gonna give it to her. Uh, yeah, I will definitely give it to Danny, because <laughs> I'm like, you're a rock star woman, and I want you in my corner at all times, uh, which is you know only further emphasized in the series finale, because I was really excited she got to participate. I'm like, you're the best. <laughs> um, yeah, so give that to her, obviously. And then, it's really a one-off now. <laughs> we have to give it to Joey Pants. This is his last episode. Pretty sad. I'm giving it to him. Hmm. Doing it. That seems fair. Uh, yeah. I'm proud of uh, Nomi's dad as well. Yeah, but he'll show up again. Yes, Will's yes, dad he does. Will. <gasps> so devastating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my bias for Joey Pants is steamrolling all other candidates. I understand. So I can't. Uh, gets me, man. It's your favorite me. scene. Uh, I really like the Danny scene just yeah. because it's like, it almost makes me giddy because I'm like, God, that's just got to be like, you know, so great that she is doing this. Um, that's a good one. I really like that scene. Uh, I think even though it creeps me out all, all the scenes in the house with the flashback with the, like Angelica and Whispers and Raul and Carol and all that jazz and just like mm-hmm. there's something very creepy about the flashbacks combined with the fact that they've actually already seen that this place clearly physically exists but they get to see like a making of the VHS yeah. with Todd and they get to like see the place where it actually happened and see like what actually happened with Raul and you're just like Oh, it's creepy, and it's a, it's a really interesting storyline that they've been exploring throughout the season, and it's obviously the major one they have to clear up in the finale, um, and obviously they can't clear everything up, they can't tie off all the loose ends, mm-hmm. but it's nice because like this one is kind of giving like even more touches and more backstory to kind of help fill it out. Yeah. So like those scenes are really interesting to me, because even though I don't a hundred percent get what's going on the first time I watched it, I was like this this feels important that they're doing this work. I was noticing something about that scene uh, with Todd, who's mm. briefly there. Yeah. That um, there's something said about how he wants to be normal and, yeah. like, thinks that it's going to make him normal. Yeah. Which is interesting just because when you when you first meet him, he's introduced as 
the guy that like didn't want to be a sensei and you know felt that it was wrong right uh and then you see that he was the shooter mm-hmm. in, the, in the shooting and it's like of course todd but like he is the bottomized todd so yeah. like the fact that he is the shooter does not really have anything to do with how he felt yes. before. I mean, he's so, literally his whole personality and mind has been taken. Yeah, over. like this is this is the missing connection, I guess, of why it matters that Todd didn't um, want to be a sensei. Is yeah. that they apparently convinced him because of that that like this experimentation will help would would fix it. And clearly, uh, it did not, and I doubt that they were ever thinking it really would. Yeah, which makes it even more tragic. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like your instinct is to be like, oh, that awful Todd, but really his story is kind of sad. It's incredibly tragic. Yeah. He found out he was a species he didn't want to be. He was told that a surgery could help fix it, and in fact, it turned him into, like, a monster. Yeah. So. I think my favorite scene is also the Danny scene. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's fun. And as much fun as it is that Leto has been in hilarious sadness for like two episodes, uh, it is, it is nice also to see fun him happy. to see a win. Yes. Yes. And just like our trio, <laughs> just went down to Sao Paulo. Now they're all going to Hollywood. Yeah. They just they they're go on a moves. lot of adventures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to hang out with them. I think it would be so much fun. They can Nando, make me strawberry margarita. Yeah, he makes an excellent fruit bowl. Yeah. Apparently too. He so. just makes. I feel like he's like the world's best cook. I don't know. I could be lying, but I just, I feel like... I don't think he cooked the fruit. No, I don't think he... Maybe he hand grew it. Yeah, you I don't know. know. I don't know. Organic, baby. I think that's it. Yeah. And the last two episodes are going to get pretty exciting. Oh, my God. There's only two left of the uh, initial run. Yeah, of season two. Oh, God. That's so weird. Yeah, it's uh, crazier and crazier from here on out. And like we said, I feel like the more we talk about it, the more we're going to be like, we don't know how that was originally going to turn out because there wasn't a season three. So mm-hmm. um, I well, think that's, that's just going to get more and more worse. Yeah. To Lido's story. Yes. Although I and think it is. ends in a very nice place. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely something where you would have loved to see more of it. Yeah. I feel like there are definitely a couple of sensates who get the shaft because they didn't continue on. Mm. So, yeah. Because they make a pretty good attempt to... Uh, have enclosed season stories for them. Yeah. So you are left with most of them in a place where the story is clearly not over, but it also um, is not in a place of immediate peril necessarily. Yeah. So that works out pretty well. Yeah. But still. Uh, yeah, but still. Uh, it hurts. Anyway, we should probably sign off. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we'll be talking to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Ciao. None of that. Yep. I did it. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook, and you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. <laughs> um, also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off. <laughs>